in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Topic Thunder. (laughs) We do this one for you all, the patrons. We have so much fun doing this. You know, you all send in your topics or subjects you want us to talk about. We talk about it for about 25, 30 minutes here on these shows uh, and send them out for you to enjoy. Uh, I am John Roca. That is Matt Nost, and I'm uh, excited to jump into this thing. How are you feeling, Matt? I'm good. I believe it's your turn to start the, for this week's show. So All right. uh, start off. let's jump into it. This is from Scott J or J Scott St. Clair, I should say. Uh, he's got two separate uh, topics. So we'll go with the one he sent first. That's Monday, March 30th. So we'll go with that okay. one. Hey, guys. Yeah, we can save the other one for later. That sounds good. Hey, guys, Jay Scotty Sinclair here. I like that. It leads with his name. I appreciate that. We've all had our fair share of fun and debauchery. Holy shit. Here we go. We've all had our fair share of fun and debauchery, as you've both alluded to, on instances on the Top 10 show. But I thought it'd be interesting to discuss some of the films that do the best job of accurately portraying the effects of various substance and slash or altered states. For example, recently, Midsommar did an excellent job capturing the visuals and mental states experienced during a shroom trip. Conversely, maybe we can also highlight some of the ones that are a little more far-fetched, too. The RDJ weed car scene from Due Date makes me scoff at the audacity. Thanks for providing us with entertaining quality content as always. Thanks, take care, and stay safe, guys. Your proud listener and patron, J. Scotty St. Clair. All right, uh, Nost. Um, so, I mean, it's easy to think the ones that are far-fetched, those are easy. Yeah. All of them, by and large. <laughs> it is. It, any of the pot ones, like you bring up weed, dude, you've got all the Chijin Chong stuff, which is ridiculous. Yeah, true. And half-baked, which is ridiculous. Yes. There's, anytime weed comes up, it's relatively ridiculous. Uh, but a, a genuinely, I mean, I guess Requiem for a Dream. That was going to be my choice. Um, but to see the effects, like I don't, did we, we didn't really see it from their perspective. I think but the visuals and whatnot change on midsummer, mm-hmm. uh, to, to replicate a shroom trip. So has there been a movie where character is drunk and you see the world through their eyes type of thing? Um, I remember in Mandy when, uh, uh okay. he, That's- she, she takes that, like licks the thing or they make or the honey juice or whatever it is from the bee sting and she gets completely altered by it and what you see through her eyes. Uh, things of that nature. Certainly that's something that's uh, been interesting uh, that I think is realistic to a degree, even, even though it's a bit of a out there type of movie. uh, I have heard from, I have seen people do Salvia and it's kind of like the same thing where the colors all change. Everything disappears. Like uh, one dude, he, uh, one of our friends took it one time. We were all in Mexico for a um, bachelor party. Uh, Mm -hmm. He took it and it, cause it only lasts for like a minute or two. It isn't that long. Uh, but like uh, what he was describing it as he was going through it, which was like eh, all the walls of the room completely uh, uh, went away and he started ascending into the stars 
for like a little while. You could walk amongst the uh, planets and amongst the stars. And I was like, holy shit. So uh, I did not try that. So, uh, but that's what I was told. So when you see things like that, it's uh, when you see something like Mandy, that makes sense because he's like the colors were all different. And he said, and everything moved a bit slower, that kind of stuff. Um, sure. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess, I, I don't know. If, do you have to see the experiences through their eyes? Is that what he's essentially saying? Well, to, I mean, if it's just to represent something like that, to me, that's what he's asking on the first one. Has hmm. there been one that has pulled this off in that regard? Otherwise, like one that's pulled off a believable addiction? Yeah, there's tons. Yeah. Yeah. To choose from if you just want to see the character. But I thought he was asking like that. Like, I don't know. That's very specific. The experience of it all in the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some psychotropic event, and it's now you view it through that character's eyes. <laughs> I do like, um, I do like Will Ferrell injecting himself in old school, or was it old school? He goes crazy, man. Yeah, crazy. it's old school. <laughs> yeah, you do see the world through his perspective. Everything slows down. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Nice pull. Um, I love that one. That is a good one. Uh, I, because then yeah. it goes back to real time, and you just see him staggering, like, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a great, uh, you know, cutting yeah. and juxtaposition within that scene. Todd Phillips did a good job. He did. He did. Um, I was thinking of uh, leaving Las Vegas, but you don't, you don't really see it through his eyes. But that is a very believable portrayal, I think, of an alcoholic and. Yeah, seeing the reasoning that goes on and because he never wavers like he never wavers this is what he's going to do he's made a decision to do it and there's nothing you're going to do to talk him out of it and if you want to be around him like Elizabeth Shue finds out you're going to have to accept this as a fact and so I thought that portrayal was very believable in how addicting that can be although I've never had that problem right but uh, i i seems mm-hmm. it felt that way watching the movie uh sorry i just got an email so uh we ordered a new ac slash heater system for one of the units yeah and then i told her i was like she's moving in in a couple of days she's like i'll have it in by as soon as it gets here it's not gonna take me long but it's been raining nonstop, and i can't work on electrical because some of it that is outside right with all this, right? So she just emailed me like, "Hey, I just saw all this." Sorry, so I had to read it real quick. I apologize for that. No, no, no worries. Uh, I'll respond after the show. Uh, <laughs> so you're saying leaving Las Vegas for its yeah, call kind of a little bit, yeah, yeah. No, no, that that is a good one. Uh, to, to watch someone fall fall headfirst into the mm. abyss knowingly, yeah, and really portrayed well. Like when he's she gets him the flask. And that's when he realizes, yes, I am going to be able to kill myself. She's going to help facilitate that, even though she does not want to give it to him. Ultimately. Right. She understood the what this relationship was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ultimately, yeah, it's brutal. That movie, that movie, six with you. Yeah, it does. Uh, well, let's move on to our next one, man, because he's got a second one. But we can wait for that one on. To yeah, we'll do it show. another show. Okay. What do we got next? Uh, all right, this one says, says YT. Um, Yo, Matt and John, hope you guys are doing well with all the madness in the world. I want to say thanks for everything you do. It helps pass the time and make this experience a little better. Mm. Now, topics, baby. <laughs> the first one, in comics outside of Spider-Man and Batman, who has the best villains? Ooh, good question. Uh, should we stop Superman? there on that one? Yeah, Superman has good villains with Darkseid. Um, we got Luthor, you got Brainiac. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, Even by extension, Granny Goodness. Yeah. Don't know that one. Oh, that's from Mr. Miracle and all them because he's connected to Apocalypse and Dark Side. Um, okay. Yeah, Bizarro. Um, yeah, Superman's good. I like Flash too with Gorilla Grodd and King Shark. And uh, um, Okay, I never read Flash. Oh, okay. And uh, Yellow Flash and uh, gosh, what was the name of the one that uh, – yeah, Reverse Flash. Uh, so there have been a lot of good Flashes, uh, good Flash villains throughout – uh, with Green Lantern, you only get Sinestro, I think. Um, it's the only one I've ever heard of. That's yeah. I didn't read a lot of DC. I read Batman and, and occasional Superman. Okay. Um, but it was all Batman, and then everything else was Marvel for me. Well, with Marvel, the X-Men has great villains. I mean, with Galactus occasionally. Galactus and Magneto. Magneto, right. Yeah, absolutely. Juggernaut. Yep, Juggernaut. Um, Apocalypse. Sabretooth. Sabretooth, yeah. Um, and then what the Sentinels. So they've had a, a, a long run of villains uh, throughout the X-Men that are, are fun to explore. Absolutely. I, I enjoy the X-Men a lot. Yeah. Um, Fantastic Four is Dr. Doom, but I can't think of another one. Right. A mole man is the only other one I can think of that goes against uh, the Fantastic Four. Right. Yeah. And then uh, for Cap, all I know is Red Skull. I never read him of MCU stuff. Yeah. 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 But a lot of these villains cross over. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these villains cross over yeah. sometimes with Marvel, so it's, it's all in that universe and things of that nature. So, yeah. Okay, uh, what's the next part? All right, next part uh, says, second topic, is there a book or podcast that you recommend during this quarantine? Hmm. What about you? Oh, I asked, see, the way this normally works is the person reading is asking. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, you're right. <laughs> of the other individual. <laughs> And it's fair the benefits point. of reading the question. I apologize. Fair point. Um, for I, I, there's a history one that Steve is getting me into. I can't remember what it is right now, but it's like it's a rock and roll, or it's a history rather. Um, I forget the guy's name, but it does. He does these long, like five hour history uh, episodes, and uh, we were just doing 300 for the cinephiles. And that was one of those uh, episodes he recommended for me to listen to. So every once in a while, I think that's a fantastic one that kind of carries the time. Um, but other than that, for me, it's like the the anything going on at the ringer is fun to listen to. Um, okay. The Bill Simmons podcast. I mean, the basketball one is probably the more specific one that I enjoy listening to. I'm not a big fan of the Jason Concepcion stuff or whatever his name is for the film stuff. I'm not a big fan of that uh, that situation, but I do enjoy his basketball okay. stuff. Uh, the Low Post, that's another one that's great to listen mm-hmm. to as well. So, yeah. Um, let's see. For history, I always recommend hardcore history. Start there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you like, you know, a history podcast, there's tons of them. Uh, and all you got to do is basically search by subject and you can find it. Maybe that's it. Hardcore history. Maybe that's the one he was talking about because it's it felt like. Oh, I thought you said it was rock. Oh yeah, no hardcore history is yeah. Carlin. It's the yes. best. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so I I paid for all his back catalog for the stuff that I hadn't heard before that. Yeah, uh, it's it is utterly fantastic. Okay, but you have to be able to invest solid hours into listening. Right, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah know about all kinds of stuff I had never even heard of. I'm like, oh, this is a crazy story. Yeah. Uh, and then other things were so more fully fleshed out because of it. I had an understanding and now it's like it adds in right. a rich detail uh, 
the actual story. It makes it come to life. He's mm-hmm. good at it. Uh, as far as a book, I guess it really just depends on what you're into. Um, let's see. The Disappearing Spoon. Do you ever read that? No. What is that? That's in essence, it takes the periodic table and each one, he's got a story uh, about it. Oh, wow. And not necessarily like their origin story, so to speak. Sometimes I believe, yes, it's been years since I read that one, but that's always a random like, ah, it's it's history, it's science, it's a bunch of things I like, but it's also relatable to any person. And the same author did a following up, follow up uh, called the violinist or the violin's thumb, the violinist thumb. It was good, but Disappearing Spoon was much better. Right. Um, Blitzed about methamphetamine use in uh, the Nazis. That's really. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. If you, if you go find old reels of Adolf Hitler, you can see him tweaking out because he's in essence on meth and a whole bunch of other shit that his doctor used to give him prescribed. Uh-huh. So you'll see him like in videos, just they'll be talking in a group and he is fidgeting nonstop. Like what? he's technically tweaked out of his mind. There's a little wow. cocaine in there. There's like a bunch you know, vitamin D. like this guy made a concoction and he would, Injected, but the start of the book is about how Germany created methamphetamines. Right, they used to give it to their soldiers, so that's what helped increase the effectiveness of the Blitzkrieg uh, early on, especially because these dudes could literally march for twenty-four to forty-eight hours straight with no pause because they're just so juiced up. Holy shit, dude! Fuck yeah! Wow, I didn't, I didn't know anything about that. I was like, that is crazy. And then you start thinking about it, like, oh Jesus, you know what makes Nazis worse? Fucking Nazis. <laughs> I thought zombie <laughs> Nazis were worse, but no, no, exactly. Nazis. Well, now there's a potential chance of meth head zombie fucking Nazis. Just like this, a whole Ooh, brains, brains, brains. Ooh. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but I mostly read uh, nonfiction. Um, yeah, Devil in the White City is a good one. I think anybody would enjoy. Yeah, uh, I've been uh, tearing through the Edmund Morris trilogy on Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, Theodore Rex and the one before that where they're exploring Theodore Roosevelt uh, uh, in the, uh, you know, in the Rough Riders years and him dealing with the loss of his wife and his mom on the same night, uh, what he did and things like that. And there's a third one as well uh, that I enjoy. I want to jump into that Lyndon, uh, that LBJ one that's every volume is like this thick and hardback. Oh, so my God. I'm excited yeah. to jump into that one. If I have, if I, well, I can't say if I find the time because I don't really have the time, but the motivation to sit down and start reading that thing. Cause when I start reading a book, dude, everything starts to disappear. Like all my other stuff takes less precedence. I just start mm-hmm. to tear through the book. Uh, and right now with everything I got going on, it's tougher to jump into a book. So I'm afraid other things will suffer for me wanting to run back and keep going. You know what I'm saying? So I, I get worried about that, but Waking up in the morning, it's nice to kind of roll over for an hour and not have the pressure to run out the door and kind of read about an hour of the Theodore Rex stuff from Edmund Morris. So if you haven't read it, you should certainly read it. Anybody's listening to us or watching us. Uh, cool. Yeah, I don't What's, have a nonfiction. Um, and then his third and final one. Yep. Uh, it says, this one is for Matt. Um, I started to get into woodworking. I remember you used to talk about that stuff that you made. Uh, got any advice on tools or tips and what else you've gotten into hobby-wise like that? Figure now is the time to get better at it. So any info you can pass along would be great. Uh, thanks again, guys, for all you do. And simply signs B. B. Um, well, any advice? So start small. Um, the first 
things that I made were benches for the shop, but it's a simple, like I just line them up and it's not a lot of moving parts and you don't have to figure out many angles and you just kind of ease your way into doing more and more projects. YouTube is awesome. If you want to just, oh, how do I do this? Or something seems harder than it should be, do a simple search and there's more than likely some sort of, you know, woodworking, uh, you know, that's been around for centuries that you just don't know. Um, I found a cool thing. So there's shipbuilders. They used to have this tool that fell by the wayside, but somebody, it's all uh, use it. And I'm going to make one for myself. So if you have a random hole and say that the hull of a ship, it's not like a perfect hole, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be some weird shape. And that applies to if you accidentally tear through a board in your house and you're like, it's going to be a perfect break and you've got to figure out this other thing. So they long, like, no way to describe it other than basically a duck lying fully down. So its head is extended and it's got the beak, right? I'm just right. To visual. So it's this curved stick and it's got this weird joint on it, but it's got a notch at the very top. that looks like it's like right behind the head where before the head arcs over and you see the beak. Out. And with that notch, you can mark around and it's a jig, this really simple jig that you can use to make any size shape or hole. Wow. Just a piece of plywood. Right. And I was like, I didn't know that existed. So I just <laughs> but start, uh, just start small and just go from there. Like any hobby, baby yeah. steps, eventually you get better at it. Have you picked up anything new or has it all been this stuff? <sighs> no, it's all been the uh, building up to uh, the uh, YouTube channel, man. I mean, it takes so much effort to do all those shows and research the content for those shows and, and line them up. And so that's been the thing that's consumed me. I mean, other than watching British shows with Lindley, those are the other things that I've been doing, to be honest with you. Um, if I didn't have the channel to build up as a, something as a, essentially a a focus, uh, I probably would be trying to learn something like a, another language or something. I've always wanted to learn like two more languages before I pass on, like Japanese and French are like top two in my mind to learn um, things of that nature. So yeah, I would probably be doing more of that if I, if I had the time to do it, maybe once this thing gets settled in once and for all, and I get a full rhythm of everything then I'll be able to like, you know, kind of parse out the time and, and things of that nature. But we also been like focusing on her career as well, like helping yeah. her get that established now that she's got the time to do it since she's been furloughed. So that's, that's another part of it as well that I've been focusing on with her. So yeah, everything, you know, it, it's happening the way it's supposed to happen. So um, I'm mm-hmm. filling up the time. That's for damn sure, which is why I don't feel like I'm just sitting around, you know. So what was I like? Yeah. Uh, what do we got next? Oh, is it my my turn next or no? Yeah, I, yeah, I think okay. it's your turn next. All right. So this is uh, from Fred Tastic three fourteen. Says, "Hey Jay Roca and M Nost, nice. What is your favorite slash most memorable last line in a movie, not including post credit scenes over the last fifty years?" Uh, for me, Goodwill Hunting, uh, son of a bitch stole my line. Spider-Man Homecomings, what the F? And uh, Captain America's first, of, Captain America First Avengers, I had a date, are a few of mine. Thanks for taking my question. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Fred Castillo. Um, okay, Matt. Hmm, well, that's a great question that I am completely blanking on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what a great... I mean, my, one of my favorite closing scenes is yeah, uh, Andy and his dad riding off into the sunset, like a movie cliche that works so beautifully in Last Crusade, yeah. Yeah. but it's not the last line. Uh, shit. Yeah. What do you got? Help me out. 
Oh, okay. I thought the way it worked is I asked the question and you. <laughs> I, I answered as best I could. I answered as best I could. I give a closing scene. And then I asked for help as opposed to just going, nope, I'm not going to answer this. Well, what um, it's, it's a good question. Um, you know, sometimes these topics come along and we'd like to have a little more time to kind of prep for them because uh, they we just they deserve better answers that we can think of yeah. on the spur of the moment. But certainly, uh, um, I, I love the Captain America one. I had a date. Uh, I like the Iron Man. My name is Iron Man. Like, that's a great last line uh, for that movie and Iron Man at the end where he admits mm-hmm. that he's Iron Man because that was like the big thing about superhero movies, right? You never admit yeah. your who you're who you really are and that was the first movie where it stepped up and just said it right at the end and it set the tone for the rest of the mcu going forward and still does now you know and so i thought that was a great last line um what's the last line and when harry met sally i think that's a great last line too uh when they're all when they're sitting on the couch and, and retelling their story and i forget what the last line is and um which i think it's her correcting him for the amount of time they've been together, like you know, he said it only took me what eleven, ten years or something like that to ask, and he, she was ten years, thirty-seven days, and like that guy's. It was a great window into their relationship and the sweetness of it. I thought that was a great last line in a movie. Also, the Casablanca one, right? This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. That's a classic last yeah. line. Um, I'm trying to think. The only last, there's not really last line in Citizen Kane. There is a last line, obviously, but it's not that pointed as pointed as this, yeah. as what's revealed at the end. That's certainly a, la- a good last scene. Um, I don't know. Is I mean, there? A- I like the last scene of uh, Goodfellas when Henry Hill is given that basically I'm now just some suburban schnook. Yeah, cuts <laughs> to black because that's how he views his life. It's just over and he's dead. Yeah. I don't know if the line is so memorable. I think it's just the the where he cratered out in his mind to yeah. ultimately be. And it was just beautifully paced and then boom, just cutting to black. It's like what a great way to end it. Uh, uh, Rocky's a good one, right? I love you. I love you. And they basically that's the last line is them saying I love you to each other, but it's like, you know, a great ending to the moment to that film as it yeah, but bathed into black. Is it about the the line or is it about the moment? Well, yeah, I, th- I say it's about the line because, like, she okay. finally says it to him, and he has True. been waiting to say it to her through the through so long. Because he remember he's the one that had the crush on her for so long before they finally set up that date and set up this relationship. And she hadn't said she loves him because of the fear of the boxing and things of that nature. So when she finally says it to him in the ring, he finally gets to say it. And right after he'd lost the chance of being a champion, so it's just a beautiful moment there for their relationship for him to at least he he won that and that was more important at his life right now than that belt and then he goes and gets the belt in the yeah i was gonna say is it <laughs> it wasn't because the, time. <laughs> the next of 17 movies are all about <laughs> boxing and the fucking family drama is gone yeah well <laughs> yes it and is. no yes and no yes I mean, and no but, but by and large that doesn't exist it completely changed you know its feathers it was an established relationship already. So like in Rocky three, they have that scene on the beach, you know, where she says to him, you know, like that, that's an important part. Because she's the one that motivates him to get back into the ring to fight Mr. T again. Um, you know, in Rocky five, it's about his kid. Um, Rocky three, Rocky four, she's kind of on the sideline. That's for damn sure. Um, and then whatever happened, you know, and then she dies. So that's part of her, what carries over into the other stuff. And, but yes, some of the family drama does get pushed aside in favor of the boxing, the boxing. Um, yeah, I can't think of another good last line uh, from a movie at this point. 
So, all right, you want to move on? Yeah, yeah, let's move on. Uh, next one is from uh, Chris Lemke. Oh, on last week's show, he's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to send in too many, and we were like, <laughs> in a way. So he must have heard it, and I was like, screw it, I'm sending another one. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Lemke says, hope you guys are hanging in there, not going crazy. Uh, all good here except for the damn gremlin uh, staring at me from outside the <laughs> Quarantine is fun. <laughs> Took me a second to, to read that, and I don't yeah. know why. Anyway, what was the movie that triggered the change in you from watching Whatever Look Cool to This Is Cinema? Mm. Uh, I'll continue on. Just yeah. keep a second. I watched every dumb action or comedy, uh, comedy, every Jean-Claude Van Damme film, including the quest in theaters. When I first watched seven, I felt that light switch go off, uh, reinforced with the usual suspects. Let me, uh, led me down a rabbit hole and the twilight zone, uh, gremlin are still down there. Yeah. <laughs> Be safe guys. Chris Lemke. Dude, we got to send someone over to Lemke's house. I think he's losing it, man. Uh, so, uh, my answer to this is the Godfather. Um, you know, the Godfather was yeah. the first one that I watched. I mean, my dad uh, was such a massive fan of that film. So when it came on to the channels and stuff we could watch, that was the one. And then eventually, you know, renting films from, uh, the video store, like Citizen Kane, Great White Hope, things of that nature, Godfather part two, those are the ones that really kind of cemented my love of cinema, but it was the Godfather that was first. My dad, uh, sitting me down to watch that film. I think it was 12 when I watched that film the first time. And I was like, whoa, movies okay. can do this. Whoa, yeah. Um, I don't know that I had one specific because I've been allowed to watch a lot of movies earlier than I should have. Mm. Um, my parents didn't seem to mind. I mean, they regulated to some degree. Uh, it's got too like way excessive over the top gory violence. You know, no need to see that. Yeah. Or, nudity you have no need to see that but if it's a bunch of people cursing and there's some you know gunfire etc cetera, etc cetera, but it's a story you're allowed to watch it so <laughs> at a young age yeah um i mean i was like seven i saw robocop <laughs> holy shit well i got in trouble for that that and aliens oh yeah i think i was in second or third grade and i watched aliens wow yeah, I was scared shitless, but it was crazy at a friend's house. But the reason we got away with it is when we were at the movie store, I remember the parent was like, you know, we were going through and it was, I was with my buddy and his parents. We were just like, yeah. I just kept going like, oh, dude, I saw that two weeks ago. It's awesome. You're going to love it. And his parents kind of being like, that seems a little old for him. <laughs> and we kept going through so we would be able to sneak in every once and again. <laughs> uh, but I didn't have a specific one. I just know that. I gravitated towards weightier stuff once I started to get a little bit older. Yeah. I was happy to watch all of it. I, you know, love movies and still do to this day. So yeah, I watch more. That's the one nice thing about having to stay home in essence, like I've just been watching random when I'm trying to fall asleep, like, ah, let me go watch 20 minutes of this movie and 30 minutes of this. Like I watched my favorite chunk of Rango, then followed oh, nice. it up with, uh, uh, end game. And I just wanted to watch the closing battle, the build up. Yeah portals and the Mjolnir and all that just to feel that all over again and just kind of right 40 minute chunks 20 minute chunk uh and then fell, fell asleep yeah uh, um cool anyway i think that was it for that one for yeah yeah Stokey. all right uh i think we can wrap it up here at uh, 27 we should probably uh, uh give yeah. it a 
give it a, a, a stop here. Well, thank you all so much for downloading and listening to this episode of Topic Thunder. Always fun to hear what you guys want to hear from us, so our points of views and our thoughts on whatever subject or question you want to ask us in these emails. It's always a blast to hear from you all. And again, we can't thank you enough for being patrons of the show and supporters and page and members of our Patreon uh, and keeping us going forward uh, with the show. You know, as I said in the last, I think in the last topic, then we talked about the fact that we really couldn't wait to get back to London. And now we'll just have to wait a little bit, but once the floodgates are open, we'll be back with more stuff and and planning more stuff in the future for sure. Yeah. Once, once regular life returns to normal, then we'll get back into the grind of, of regular life, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Until then, it's just like it's all up in the air. We have no idea how long this is going to last. And if that's the worst side effect for the two of us, then we got out of this pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great yeah. point. Absolutely. And I'm ha- I'm happy. That's fine. Cancel as many dates as you need to. Everybody is healthy and, uh, you know, it's fine. And I haven't gone through any of the tragedy, that aspect of it yet. Other yeah, than me either. So thank God. Following it along. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy about that. So please stay safe out there. Um our thanks to everybody that supports us. We don't do this show without uh, you guys. So Absolutely. everybody at patreon.com forward slash the top 10, if you want to join on the show, hit us up over there. And if you just want to keep listening, keep listening. Um, that's why we put it out. Thanks to our patrons that basically creating the show for us mm-hmm. to put it out there for more content for people. So if you're bored and need some other distraction from your day, we're happy to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you can follow good. me anywhere at Matt Nost and uh, check out my other podcast, Embrace the Hate. And you can find that, uh, just search for it on any podcasting app. And I think that's it for me this week. There you go. You can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram and come be a subscriber to the outlaw nation, YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash John Roka says, go and subscribe there uh, and see all the great content. I got rolling through that uh, uh, channel. Got some, a bunch of guests that have come on already. I'm sure at some point I'm a finagle nose to come on and maybe be on the sports show or be on uh, the outlaw nation show for a couple hours with the fans. That'd be a lot of fun down the road. Certainly that is in the works as well. So thank you all so much. And uh, we, We will talk to you next time for another episode of Topic Thunder.